As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, Tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. The Guide to Goals podcast gives you the tools, direction, and resources you need to pursue your passion project. I'm Deborah Eckerling, Project Catalyst, and this is the Guide to Goals podcast. Our guest today is Janae Duane, and we're going to talk about starting your startup. Janae is the co-author of Startup Equation and is helping 1 million, yes, 1 million entrepreneurs start and grow their businesses by 2020. Welcome, Janae. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, Deborah, thank you for having me. I love it. I love it. Do you want me to jump in? Should I start talking about about startups and how we can help them? Um, well, why don't you start by talking <laughs> a little bit about how you got here? No path is linear. I will say that. And so I actually started out as an opera singer. But um, what I found is that I couldn't actually afford to be an opera singer. And what happened was that in 2008, all of my gigs got, uh, all of my gigs washed up and got canceled all within, I'll say about a month and a half. And, um, and actually the companies that supported them were, um, they folded as well. And so I found myself in a position where I needed to almost in a way reinvent myself. Right at that same time, I was starting uh, a women's organization. It ended up becoming an international women's organization that we started with $100. I started it um, in May of 2005 and quickly grew it to 55 chapters in seven countries in less than nine months. Um, and we sunsetted that company after a few years because I realized when I started the company, I started it because I wanted to help these women find the resources that they needed. And that could be anything from VC to babysitting. Uh, the problem, however, is that within these different countries, these women had systemically different root issues that we weren't even remotely close to being able to support them, uh, to support them and help them solve. Uh, and I'll give you some examples. So my woman in France 
couldn't actually get a business loan without a male co-signer, where my women in, um, in Jordan couldn't even be the face of their business at that time. So, um, you know, when I set out to do this, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Um, but that's actually what started me as an entrepreneur and wanting to help entrepreneurs. And now that's where I spend... I will say most of my time, I'll say about 90% of my time, it's helping businesses to start up, um, helping people to figure out who they are as an entrepreneur and what their startup path is supposed to be. But then also um, I'm an advisor and an angel investor as well. So uh, at the end of the day, when we look at these paradigm shifts that are occurring, not only in the way that we live, but also in the way that we work, by 2020, it's estimated that one in six people will be entrepreneurs. And so we need to equip ourselves um, with the entrepreneurial skills in order to be ready for that change as it impacts us. And so that's usually how uh, I find myself helping individuals is to getting them ready, whether or not they're starting a business and building it, maybe building and selling, or if they're looking to be a lifestylist and say, live in a different country every quarter. You know, every everyone's different. It's about choosing your startup path. It, it, it's so true. And th this is something that, that I say all the time. A lot of people, they work a day job. Maybe they like it. Maybe they love it. Maybe they hate it. But if they've got something that they're working on, on the side, it makes that day job, the day go a lot easier because they've got hope that it's not something that they're going to be doing forever. So how does one start their startup? Oh, no, that's a really great question. Um, you know, what I like to tell people is that even if you have an idea, before you start to tackle the idea, start to look inward. Um, and the reason why I have people start with themselves first is because no matter what that idea is and how it begins to bloom and organically grow, and, you know, you might have this vision and that might dramatically change, say, over the course of a year or two or three. You have to know who you are and how you're approaching this, um, this endeavor. And um, everyone has a different personality, right? Um, and we actually, within uh, the startup equation, we outline nine different uh, entrepreneurial personality types and what are some of your strengths and some of your weaknesses. Knowing who you are is key to knowing how you're actually going to approach not only the idea, but also the problem that you're solving for your customer. The next thing that I have people do is look at, okay, so I know that I want to do this thing. Well, what does that look like? And not necessarily the business model, but what does that look like for you as the individual, are you looking to have, as we mentioned earlier, are you looking to have a lifestyle where you just pop around and it's something that you have going continuously and you're just sort of, uh, maybe it's a consultancy practice and you're just sort of living that. Um, is it some place um, or is it an idea where you end up becoming an expert and you sort of go deep into a, a vertical and a great example of that might be a lawyer or an accountant? Um, or are you looking to build and sell something? And that could be, you know, that could be any piece of technology, uh, for example. Knowing not only who you are, but what you want that end goal to be. And that might not be, say, end goal 
20 years from now, but even thinking three years out, five years out, as you approach this idea, doing some reverse engineering is going to help you then decide on whether or not, one, you can handle this yourself, uh, two, if you need to bring other people on, and three, if you actually have the right business model to not only start this endeavor, but also sustain it for that period of time. And uh, what I find a lot is that people don't necessarily think about their exit strategy. I know for, um, for wild women entrepreneurs, uh, I wasn't thinking of my exit strategy. You know, it wasn't just knew I wanted to help these women. And so it was something that was really sort of telling when my, uh, my co-founder and I, uh, she was going through a divorce and I was being left with the company and we hadn't talked through that exit strategy. So those are learnings that I've seen personally, but I've also seen in many, many, many different companies and ventures that sort of run the gamut of, uh, of businesses and business models. So knowing at least where you're headed, will help you to create a roadmap to get there. Well, I am all about the roadmap, so I couldn't couldn't agree with you more. Well, and and this is one of the things that that I start my clients with is, what is your future bio? What what does your life look like a year from now, two, three years from now? And I'm completely on board with the, it could change, but you have to start somewhere. Absolutely. And it's such a great point that, you know, people, I, I, I hear people say a lot, well, you know, I'll just figure it out or, you know, it's just going to be this. And at the end of the day, we as people organically change and grow. And so do businesses because businesses are people. Our companies are us. And so to assume that they're not going to organically start to shift as well, uh, to me is, uh, I, I want to say, a little naive. And um, it's just something that I highly recommend people to at least think about as they're thinking about starting a business. How do you know when the thing you're doing on the side is growing into something bigger than you? And then what do you do about it? No, uh, really, really great questions. So uh, I'm going to approach this a few different ways, okay? Um, So if it's something that's growing on the side and you see that it's organically growing, the question you then, I recommend people ask themselves is not what I do about it, but what do I want to do about it? Uh, And the reason why is something might organically be growing, but you might prefer it to be a hobby and not necessarily want it to be a business. And, and when it becomes your day to day, it does change for you. And it's not, it's, you know, I know many artists who that is their form of expression and they don't necessarily want, uh, but they're more of artists who are hobbyists. I I will say that rather than that, you know, that's their sole profession. Um, and, uh, I know many of them where their art is being picked up all the time and they refuse to change the way that they're approaching it. And I think wisely because they start to lose their connection to um, to that passion and to uh, that form of expression. So knowing 
whether or not you actually want it to be your business is key. Uh, I would then say that um, if you do want to make a living somehow through it, but maybe not exactly by, and let's just take art since that's the, the road I'm on, or even as a writer, uh, maybe you write on the side, you do some freelance work, um, but it's just an outlet, but it's really picking up and you're in high demand, you have to ask yourself, is that really how I want to be spending my day to day? Because that's what your day-to-day is going to be. And even if you have a portfolio career, and what I mean by a portfolio career is someone who does multiple things to sort of cobble together um, cobble together income, that's cool. I mean, we will find, particularly with this shift in work and more people um, moving into the liquid workforce, um, which was coined by uh, IBM, um, we are going to find more and more individuals are trying to piece it together. Um, and for those who are trying to piece it together, what I'd say is experiment, experiment a lot, but know when you don't like something and know when you don't like spending time working on something and stop doing that work. Because though it may bring in the money, it's the same as being at a job that you feel is soulless um, and you wonder why you're doing it day to day. Well, how is, if say you're a freelancer, how is cobbling you know, clients together doing that type of work? How is that any different? It's not. So we each have to pick and choose how we spend our time because our time is a, a commodity and a resource that isn't necessarily something that we can get back. What do you do and what do you recommend people do to achieve that work-life balance? I'm only laughing at you because, and I'm not laughing at you, I'm more laughing at myself. Um, I don't balance well. And what I mean by that is that I love what I do and I don't consider it work. Um, My husband, on the other hand, will say, all right, Janae, you need to. Shut, shut the computer or, you know, if I'm working on something, let, you know, let's make sure we have quality time. I will say that, that becoming married or being married rather has brought more of that balance and has allowed me to unplug. Um, and so he and I make sure that we have specific date nights uh, every week for ourselves. I also love nature, so I end up taking walks uh, a few times a day anyway just to get out and clear my head and think and connect um, to myself and to life and, and just, uh, just realign who I am. Um, I think for individuals figuring out how much of that time is needed um, and who you are and whether or not you need more personal time, if you need more friend and family time and what that looks like. But at the end of the day, if we don't have some type of balance, then there's no way for that ebb and flow to come in and out of our lives if we're just constantly depleting ourselves. And I didn't realize that earlier on. and I get so passionate and jazzed up that uh, I sometimes lose track of that. And that's it. Look, we're all working on something. And that's something I'm still working on. So for what it's worth. <laughs> and so I like to leave our, well, listeners or viewers, depending if yes. they're watching on YouTube or listening on iTunes or SoundCloud or whatever, with some goals. 
And I think let's start with the personal goal is maybe to take an inventory of your life and see where you are lacking balance and figure out a way to put it back in there. Yes. So I I think that's great. If I can build off of that. I wish you would. Okay, excellent. Um, I would also say take a part of your life that you feel is lacking or something that you really want. And this could be a business. Uh, this can be, you know, this could be a personal piece of your life. Um, and around that goal, I then want you to write down a hundred things that complement that goal or go along with that goal. Uh, and this is actually something I did before I met Steve. So I had to write down a hundred things that I wanted my future husband to be. And I will say that Steve met 98 of those hundred things. And so I now do this for almost every goal that I have, just so I have clarity. So when it becomes present in my life or is something that I end up achieving, I can then say, you know what, I asked for this. It might be or might not be what I wanted. I now know and now I can move forward. So I say add the hundred things onto that is a a really great way to get some clarity. So why don't we also make that the professional goal is to pick something you want for your business. And I love that because when I say, okay, write 20 things. Okay, write 20 more things. Okay, write 20 more things. I love that you go like right to 100. That's awesome. Well, because the first 20, and I can see why you why you break it up. The first 20, I think, are pretty easy for people, which is, I, I, I can totally appreciate um, you breaking that up. And so um, I just say, you know what? Just do the 100. Force yourself. It's going to be dirty. It's going to be messy. But, and you have not going to have any idea. But it will force you to start to get very particular as to what you're looking at and what you're looking at to have that goal be inside and not necessarily just sort of, you know, these uh, frivolous or materialistic pieces of it. Okay, so we're, we're going on, uh, come up with a business goal and then come up with a hundred things. And what, what are sorts, what are some of these a hundred things for an example? Yeah. So, you know, your business goal could be, unless I'll just take a freelancer since um, we're, we've been talking about freelancers mm-hmm. today. Um, I want to make $200,000 in revenue in 2016. Great. Great goal. And always put a date and a time to it. And the reason why is uh, a date and time will make it extremely concrete in your head. Um, and then you usually have three steps that you're first going to take in order to achieve that goal. Um, the hundred things could then start to be the types of clients that you want, the type of work that you want, um, where you want to be living or how you want to be working when, you, um, when you're doing that type of work, whether or not you have an expense account that goes along with that. Again, think through what you want that that goal to really look like within your life. And those hundred things are going to help you put those parameters and sort of box it for you. Thank you so much, Janae Dwayne, for joining us today. And you can listen, watch, or read all about this interview. Go to guidedgoals.com. Any final thoughts for our 
No, I have many final thoughts. I would be, I would say that if you are fearful, jump into the void, just allow yourself to go there. Trust that everyone lives in the fringes. Um, and every day is a great day to start and everyone fails and allow yourself to fail fast and pivot because at the end of the day, our failures are really where we learn and that's how we're able to build ourselves. So so go forth and do amazing things. Great. Excellent way to wrap this up. Thank you so much again for, for joining us today on the Guided Goals podcast. And everybody listening, just head very simply, just go on out there and go for it. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Danielle Wiley hosts a great podcast called The Art of Sway. Danielle, tell us what you talk about on the show. The Art of Sway brings listeners inside the world of marketing as seen through the lens of influence. So each week I chat with an expert guest for a lively discussion about connecting ideas with audiences in an attempt to uncover all the ways influence impacts how and what we discover, purchase, and recommend to each other. Wow. And where can people subscribe? Go to theartofswaypodcast.com. Find the show at marketingpodcasts.net or search for The Art of Sway wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.